This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. Uh, It appears to be beautiful weather outside. I know we used to always start this while talking about the weather, and I'll be here shortly going over to watch some UK baseball. They play Western Kentucky today, so looking forward to that. But, Sean, the big news this week. They will. There will be an SEC basketball tournament, unlike last year, and it will be one that Kentucky must win if they want their season to continue. Yeah, and we're going to go through the entire bracket on today's episode, sort of like an SEC tournament preview, and drop that today since there will be a game on Wednesday. There's usually two games on Wednesday, but with Auburn having a postseason ban, there's only one game on Wednesday, and that'll be Texas A&M and Vandy. Uh, so. We will go ahead and drop our episode on Tuesday. Uh, also have a couple of interviews. We're, we're still holding on to the Liam Cohen interview. I think uh, the spring football practice begins when, Derek? I believe a week from today. A week from today. Officially, yeah, unofficially, yeah. So <laughs> maybe that's something that if it, with now the SEC tournament stuff right around the corner here, maybe we hold on to that interview and release it as an S, as a spring football thing. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, and we'll have a – I've already got an interview booked as well with John Hill from the Courier-Journal to preview a little U.K. football, too, next week. So, well, it'll be a busy week next week because we'll have the basketball recap, things like that. Unless they lose Thursday, I guess we'll get some of the basketball recap stuff out of the way early this week. And, too, some of you have been mentioning, you know, wanting to hear more from the volleyball program and softball and things like that. And I will have an interview with uh, Kentucky volleyball coach Craig Skinner on Thursday. We're going to run that later this week. Derek will not be on that interview unless something changes uh, on on uh, UK's end with availability, but uh, we're going to get that out there to you as well. So we're going to add some interviews uh, throughout the next couple of weeks as we're excited to officially make the migration over to Blue Wire. It's not there yet, but we have signed contracts. They've signed contracts, and now we're just waiting on uh, their side to convert everything over to, like if you're listening on Podbean, you'll still, I think, be able to listen on Podbean, but that won't be the host dashboard anymore. That won't be where you go to access the actual site for the podcast. But today's all basketball. Derek, let's just go ahead and start with that amazing matchup between number 12 Vanderbilt and number 13 Texas A&M. Texas A&M obviously finished with the low seed because they didn't play for a month. Yeah. Yeah, and – you know, if Vanderbilt had Disu and Pippen, I think one of those guys is up for the year, right? Disu maybe is out for the rest of the season. Why not get wild? Let's say let's say Texas A&M, Buzz Williams comes through. Getting wild. Over, over Vanderbilt. 
to to go lose to Florida the next game. Yeah, I'll go Texas A&M in that one too. So Texas A&M will advance on to Thursday's round, which is where Kentucky makes their first appearance. Uh, first time playing on Thursday in the John Calipari era. Uh, first time playing on Thursday, Derek, if I'm not mistaken, since Billy Gillespie's maybe second year. His last year. Yeah, his last year in Lexington. They played. Uh, LSU, right? They played Ole Miss on Thursday, then advanced to play LSU. That was the year LSU won the league in the regular season. I'll go Kentucky. I think uh, John Calipari's had Mississippi State's number since he's been in Lexington. Uh, also, on top of that, how fitting is it that Dante Allen's knocking down shots again in practice, the the game going into Mississippi State? It's almost like we're in the same storyline that we were then. Is Dante going to get the, the big minutes this week? Yeah, they needed to go over to Transylvania, scrimmage those guys again before this game. It seemed to work for them last time. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to take Kentucky that game. I actually didn't realize how – I mean, the number is 15-0. I mean, Kentucky has not lost to Mississippi State. Pretty fortunate, though, really. And that happens in the course of a streak. You, you know, you have some games you're fortunate to win. And they've had three overtime games, two double overtime games against Mississippi State that they've won. Uh, of course, these two teams had a great SEC championship game back in 2010. The Kentucky uh, Marcus Cousins hit the buzzer beater to send it to overtime. Kentucky ended up winning uh, the first of six SEC tournament championships to this point under John Calipari. So I'm with you. I think it will be tight. Uh, I like Mississippi State's guards quite a bit. Uh, DJ Stewart was someone I watched last year as a freshman who I thought had a chance to be a very good player in this league. He averaged over 16 points this year. So don't need to keep him in check, but overall, uh, I do like Kentucky in this game. Then that brings us to game three of the tournament, which would be Texas A&M, if, if that's how our picks shake out, taking on Florida. Any upset there? No chance, no. I think Florida will win that one pretty easily. I agree. So Florida will advance on to Friday's quarterfinal round. And then moving on, you got number 10 Georgia versus number 7 Missouri. Uh, this one's a little tricky for me. I've, Missouri, I, I would, I'd like to pick Missouri, but Missouri's lost some games that I thought that they should have won. And, I mean, is Tom Crean – does he have Georgia ready to advance? Is Georgia going to be the team that pulls off the miraculous run? Georgia got that uh, got that miracle in them right here with Tom Crean. No, I don't think so. You're right, though. Missouri, I mean, Missouri had a, th- a three-game winning streak in February. Um, ended up beating South Carolina in that, but then they lost to Ole Miss. They had a huge win, though, Sean, at Florida. Um, so they're still probably a tournament team from, from what I gather. That's, that's correct, right? I think they're still in the tournament most likely. Yes. They're hanging on. I mean, they, they weren't very impressive. They're 8-8 eight and eight in the conference, coming off a loss to LSU. But I do think – I mean, I think they'll win this game. But Ken Palm projects it as a five-point game. So not not really a blowout, but still, for Ken Palm, that's a pretty – yeah, that's, that's a pretty comfortable win. They're at 67%. So I think this Georgia program took take a pretty big step forward next year, as long as they don't have any surprise transfers or anything. Because if you look at their, their team, a lot of their – core you know you got KD Johnson as a freshman is a very good player I've liked Tumani Kamara a lot as a forward and then uh, Wheeler the point guard is pretty good too so I think they will be a pretty solid team next year probably fighting for a tournament bid but for this year I'm going to say that their season ends Georgia Georgia beat them in February though didn't they didn't they beat them at at home if I'm not mistaken 
Georgia, yes, they they uh, won at home, eighty to seventy on February sixteenth. Yeah, a strong second half. Uh, I'm gonna go Georgia. I like it. I like the upset pick. I'm just I'm gonna go Georgia because I think I don't look at the other games and see any upsets that day, and I just don't think that all chalk will. Will will advance. I I I think that'll be the first upset. Hey man, Georgia has some decent wins, really. I mean, Mississippi, Kentucky, uh, two wins over Ole Miss, actually. LSU, Missouri, those are all top fifty teams on Ken Palm. I said Missouri was a tournament team. I might be wrong on that. Missouri's forty eighth, but I just remember seeing some tweets after they beat Florida that had them as, as still as a tournament team. But I don't know, not a super impressive team. I mean, that's Kentucky's a, actually ranked higher than them now on Ken Palm. That's a Missouri team that beat Illinois too. Isn't oh, that they, crazy? Missouri was off to a great start this year. Um, thirteen and three at one point. Now they're fifteen and eight. So yeah, they've definitely fallen off. Um, pretty much from February tenth on, they've had a really hard time. So then the the nightcap game on Thursday will be number eleven South Carolina versus number six Ole Miss. Uh, Frank Martin obviously can kind of see time coming to an end in Columbia for him. Possibly, I think Ole Miss wins that game. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you on Ole Miss. And uh, so let's see. That sets us up for Kentucky, Bama, Florida, Tennessee. I say Missouri, Arkansas. You say Georgia, Arkansas, and then Ole Miss, LSU. That's pretty interesting. One comment I want to make before we go any further, Sean, in terms of name brand or what you thought about teams potentially coming into this season, the top half of the bracket that Kentucky is in is far more challenging <laughs> than the bottom half. You got, and that's that's part of you know that's what happens whenever you don't have such a good year like Kentucky had. You ended up in a spot that it's a really hard grind to uh, to get to that championship you, game. When you talk about Florida, Tennessee, and Alabama as the other three teams on your top half versus, you know, obviously Arkansas beat Kentucky, but Arkansas to me, LSU is pretty good, um, but. I think you would feel much more confident if you're Kentucky and you're on that bottom half of the bracket. You would have probably have uh, two wins. Definitely where Missouri is. is where well, that's what I was about to say. Two two wins probably – or a win or two probably wouldn't have changed Kentucky's NCAA tournament hopes, but it would have changed this bracket, and you could have been a seven playing Georgia and then playing Arkansas. But then again, really? Arkansas is a trendy pick to win the league tournament. Yeah. They are. I feel like the sixth spot would have been where you wanted to be. If you could have yeah. beat South Carolina, LSU, Arkansas. I mean, obviously Arkansas beat them, but that was a very close game. Um, let's go ahead and start back from the top, Sean. I'll go and get your opinion on this. Alabama, Kentucky at noon on Friday. Who you got? I think I let this out earlier this week, right, that I thought that if it comes down to those two teams that I actually think that Kentucky would beat Alabama a third time or in the third matchup of the season. And I'm going to stand by that. I think Kentucky would have the revenge factor in this one. Uh, they let one get away in Tuscaloosa, Derek. I just feel like that maybe even if they lose on Saturday, this is the moment where you kind of look and say, okay, you know, they've, they've got us to the semifinal Saturday. Everybody's watching, thinking maybe, just maybe, Kentucky can make a run to the NCAA tournament. I think this will be the team's moment. I think they beat Alabama. I mean, look, they've they've owned Alabama in the SEC tournament. Until Alabama beats them in that environment, it's hard for me to pick them. Well, I am going to pick Bama. That's where I'm going to say Kentucky season ends. I'm going to say UK ends at uh, 10. Uh, hey, 10, 10 wins. So, yeah, 10 win season. They, they edge up the football team this year. Well, they doubled the football team up if they get to 10. Um, yeah. I, 
It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me, I guess. Uh because like you said, they they played them pretty tough down in Tuscaloosa. Um again though, they, they really folded though after that four minute timeout and then they got scored pretty bad and then lose by double digits. Um but I mean you gotta think this Kentucky team is gonna be playing, you know, with its season on the line. That's you know, it's great motivation. Alabama Alabama's not been quite as strong, I don't think, here towards the end of the year. Yeah, they had, uh, they lost to Arkansas. They looked pretty bad doing so. But even with that loss, they still won six out of seven to close the season. So that was an impressive run, man. Sixteen and two yeah. through the SEC this year. And so Nate Oates, coach of the year in the league. Herb Jones, player of the year, right? Or defensive, uh, defensive player of the year, excuse but me. Kentucky gets a game before Alabama gets a game. I I look at that in a couple of these matchups thinking that is it better to have, you know, fresh legs or is it better to have a game under your belt? And I'm looking at it a little long a, a little with Kentucky and how it's so big and important for this team to establish a rhythm. More than any team Cal has had at Kentucky, I feel like this is the team that needs to be in rhythm the most. I think playing a game before you play a team like Alabama who is the top team in the league, I think that's I think that goes a long ways for Kentucky. I can see that. I also think a lot of this game will be dependent on I mean, if Alabama comes out and hits 14 threes, you know, it's probably season over, uh, no matter what you do, no matter how well you play. So, to me, a big thing could be if you catch Alabama on a similar night that Alabama had against Kentucky, I believe they only hit, what, six threes in Tuscaloosa? Yeah. If you catch them on a day like that, I mean, they're going to have a chance. And, you know, they have to play a little bit better than what they played down in Tuscaloosa to be able to pull that one off. But So, we're split there. Uh, I'm going to say Kentucky season ends that day. Alabama moves on. So, that brings us to a pretty – Pretty good quarterfinals game, man. Tennessee and Florida. I'm going Florida. Me too. Uh, I think they just played that, Sunday as well. This is a rematch of two teams that just played. True, and honestly, which team would you rather be? You'd rather be the team that just lost, right? Oh, yeah, I'd say so. That, that's the that's where I would rather be because then you're getting your kids motivated. Florida uh, also didn't have Trey Mann. Who, uh, that's true. Bless his heart, was out with a migraine. I can – I feel for that kid. I can't imagine trying to hoop with a uh, with a migraine. So. And then Florida had nobody in the second half that could break anything down and, and get anything going offensively. The same issues that Kentucky's had this season from the point guard and the guard spot. So, yeah, I'm going to go Florida there. Tennessee has just been – I don't know. Like I, I think at their peak, they could be very good. At their peak, they're a top 16 team in the country, second weekend team in the NCAA tournament. At their floor – I think they lose could possibly lose first round of the NCAA tournament if they're in like a six eleven or a five twelve game. Yeah, I think that's where they're going to be, right? And I think they're on the six yeah. line right now. Um, so, so you have it as Alabama, or you have it as Kentucky, Florida in the semifinals. I have Alabama, Florida. So it moves us down to the bottom of the bracket. I don't think it necessarily matters unless you're feeling real froggy with Georgia. I'm going to say Arkansas. I'm going to say Arkansas beats Missouri. You say Arkansas beats Georgia, or you stand on this Georgia? Arkansas, Georgia Arkansas, Arkansas. Woo, pig, suey, Razorbacks. <laughs> There's no chance. I'm Arkansas's. Uh, I've been on this Arkansas train for a while now. I, I like Arkansas. I like what they're doing. Was, was Musselman snubbed? I'm seeing Arkansas Twitter saying uh, Arkansas deserves you know, some more love in this SEC. Uh, considering he had a lot of young guys, but it's hard to argue when Alabama – Go sixteen and two. Yeah, Oates is, like, Oates is the right choice. I like think. if if that had been John Calipari at sixteen and two at Kentucky, you give it to Musselman, in my opinion. But it's 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 not like Alabama's some powerhouse basketball program in the SEC, and, and Nate Oates went sixteen and two in the league, beat Kentucky twice. 
you, you got to go with Oates. But Musselman right there behind him. Is Musselman going to be in Arkansas for the long haul, you think? Or is he a guy that if maybe a couple like – I don't know. We've talked before he's about – He's everywhere. Have you looked at yeah, his he's, resume? He's never, been, yeah, he's never really been anywhere too long. I mean, he's been all – and he's got, you know – in terms of a coaching diversity type thing, he got the NBA and he's, you know, been on the West Coast and both the NBA and I would consider Nevada West Coast. Um, I don't know. I think that was an interesting fit at Arkansas, but he's done a great job. 21 and 5 in year two, 13 and 4 in the league. He's a good coach. He did a good job. And I don't, uh, I don't think, I don't think he was snubbed. You know, like you said, he let out a good case for Oates, but uh, he, in our projections, he's got them to the semifinal. So that brings us to LSU. Ole and Miss. Ole Miss, and yeah, oh, oh, this is this is a juicy game. It is juicy. <laughs> it is, and just me personally, LSU doesn't I, play defense, and Ole Miss struggles offensively. So I don't know. Me personally, I'd love to see Will Wade pissed off a few more times. <laughs> it's, it's always good TV when Will Wade's pissed off, but I'll go LSU. So they met once in the regular season. It looks like LSU beat Ole Miss seventy-five to sixty-one on January 9th. So, yeah, that was the only time they met. It was. So, you're saying LSU? I'll say LSU. I'll stick with that. Yeah, I'll go with you. <laughs> I kind of wanted to take Ole Miss, but I'll, I'll take LSU as well. So, uh, in the semifinals, I have Kentucky, Florida. You have Alabama, Florida. And then in the, in the bottom half of the bracket, we both have Arkansas, LSU. So, let's start with the bottom half. Arkansas, LSU, I think we're in agreement here with who gets to the finals, right? The Razorbacks. Yes, Arkansas. So Arkansas is in the finals. And in the top half of the bracket, I'll let you go first since you have Alabama advancing to play Florida. Um, let's take, uh, let's, let's take Alabama. You know, these teams played uh, once the regular season. Alabama beat them down pretty good. But, that, again, like, like we're talking about, these games were played two months ago, some of them. So a lot's changed since then. You think about Kentucky. <laughs> that was one of the things when I went back and looked at that uh, Mississippi State box score yesterday. Uh, actually, let's save that, Sean. Let's let's finish these picks up and let's talk about that first game, if you don't mind. Does that sound good to you? Yeah. Let's do that. Uh, but I'll take, I'll take Alabama in this game. Oh, boy. This was literally just me going – I hadn't looked at this either. Like, I picked Arkansas, obviously, to win the league tournament, like I told you that this morning. And, and I'm still going to go with Arkansas winning the league tournament. I'm going to say – You hadn't thought about who they're going to play, though. Yeah. No, I hadn't. I would like to think that Kentucky could beat Florida. Like, if, if Kentucky-Florida play on Saturday, I start to feel a lot better about them getting to Sunday. But then again – the way that Florida threw them off rhythm with that zone and stuff two weeks ago, and you don't have practice time. You don't have enough practice time in a, in a tournament format where it's day after day after day. This would be something, in my opinion, that John Calipari would already have to be kind of preparing for. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'll don't. i go Florida. I, th- I think Kentucky's season will end in the semifinals. I think it will be a close game. I just have a hard time buying into this team winning four close games in four days because that's what's going to be. I don't think they're blowing anyone out that they're playing. It's going to have to be close games. Yeah, and the interesting thing, too, I think about Kentucky is 
I almost feel like if they can beat Alabama, that they'll win that next game too. I don't know. I just kind of get that feeling. Uh, but that's why I'm picking them to lose. Well, and that's why I wanted to pick them. But is it more likely for them to get to Sunday or to, to lose on Friday? It's more likely for them to lose on Friday. Right? I think you could take it a step further and say that more likely they get – to me, just getting to Sunday is going to be so tough, man. Like, I'm not saying – like, Alabama, obviously, they did lose two twice, but they at least split with Florida and Tennessee. Uh, and they and the weird thing about the Florida and Tennessee games is on the road, they, they look very good against both those teams. So you could say two of their best performances all season uh, were those games against Florida and Tennessee on the road, whereas at home – they didn't really play bad, like like we said against Florida. They never trailed by more than four at home. So, like, yeah, I think they could certainly, well, certainly beat Florida uh, if it gets to Saturday. I think that's who you'd want to play. No, you, I think you'd rather play oh, yeah. Florida than Tennessee. Yeah. Let's also factor in this: by the time Saturday gets here, if it is Kentucky still playing, how many Kentucky fans get those tickets and go to get into that arena from the teams that left on Friday? Yeah. What's the capacity? Is it twenty or twenty five? Is it is it that high? It's in that email. Let me check and make sure. It was in the the email that they sent out over the weekend. I mean, I don't think you're gonna see any or very very few Florida fans. Uh, if it's Tennessee, though, I mean Tennessee, you know, obviously being in the same state, you can see a decent contingent of fans, especially if it's against Kentucky. I think you can see a lot of people in the arena for that. Yeah, I'm looking to see if I can find it. I think it was in that press release that UK sent out, right? Fan information. It's a capacity of 20%, so 3,400. So wonder how the allotment went. They've had it Rupp, right? Or yeah. no, what's, what's it been at Rupp? I think it's been a little less than that, right? Yeah, I think it's been in the It's teams, 15% right? at Rupp, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, 3,400 people, that's certainly a crowd. It's not a small – I mean, it's not huge, but you get 3,400 people in an arena. I mean, you can create some noise. How many of those people on Saturday, if Kentucky does play, whoever it is, Florida, Tennessee, how many of those – If it, you would much rather it be Florida because Tennessee fans will go home. Yes. How many of those 3,400 are Kentucky fans? The majority. Yep. Almost all. And maybe that – maybe, just maybe, that makes a difference. Yeah, I don't know what kind of crowd it will be this year. Typically, you get some of the rowdiest, I think, U.K. fans in Nashville for the SEC tournament, like – I was saying this on the radio last night. Rupp for a big game is a great atmosphere. Uh, Rupp for a game on a Tuesday night against Georgia can be a little dead in there. Uh, I think we can all admit that. It's maybe not every night. Not in a night out is not a crazy atmosphere. But for a game that means a lot, Rupp is as good as anywhere, I would say. Contrast that to the crowds that you get in Nashville for the SEC tournament. I I personally thought, Sean, a couple years back when Kentucky played Tennessee uh, in 2019, I thought it was one of the best postseason environments I've ever been a part Incredible. of. Incredible. It was a great, great environment. Um, that's that's more than anything at Rupp. I think I'll miss – I won't even be at the SEC tournament. Uh, my boss is going. It's only one per outlet. Um, but I think I will miss that this year more than even the NCAA tournament. It's just how much fun and how great the crowd is. Sitting yeah, out there on the floor. Yeah. Crazy. You get to feel every single moment in those games. Yeah, I, I miss it. This will be uh, – I won't be there either. Uh, for at least the first game. Not sure about as they advance throughout the tournament if I'll be down there or not. But um, two straight – it's gonna, it's wild. Like when we get back to a normal SEC tournament, it'll be three years. If if next year's is normal, it's, this is usually when it get, the basketball season gets really fun because you enjoy this week. Uh, 
I would have been probably drowning in Sunkissed if we would have had the SEC tournament this week. But this my is, kidneys, well, my kidneys will thank me. <laughs> yeah, they will. What's sad is this is typically, in my opinion, maybe the best one of, maybe not the best, but one of the best sports weeks of the whole year. With the conference tournament starting, you know, you have spring training baseball, college baseball, typically spring football is going on. I mean, there's always a lot of information. It's always a very uh, busy time. Um, it's better than last year, though, right? Getting, yeah, this is still bad. This beats uh, having to sit at home, not knowing what was going to happen for a long time. But, uh, no, for the people who do, who do get into Nashville, that typically attracts a Kentucky fan that uh, that is down there to kind of raise hell, it seems like. So, typically, they have a good environment. But uh, where were we on this bracket, Sean? Well, it looks like we both – you have – you who did you pick to advance, Florida or Alabama? I got Bama. Ooh, Bama, Arkansas. I have Florida, Arkansas. Arkansas is my winner. Yeah, Musselman shows that he should have been the SEC coach of the year, not NATO. It's, it's, it's a personal game for, for Eric they're Musselman. Gonna, they're going to lose guess. their first game Friday, aren't they? And then we're just going to be sitting here with a broken awesome. bracket. <laughs> well, you know, if that happens, I I just think Arkansas is, is for sure the best team out of the bottom. LSU, if they're on, pretty exciting team, but just their lack of defense, just I, I just can't imagine. It's, it's not a very good setup for them. I don't. Cam Thomas, great. Jonte Smart, experienced guard. Watford's very good. Like LC's got some great players, no question. But just as a team, though, I just can't really trust them to to beat Arkansas. So, with that out of the way, so we're gonna pick Arkansas. Congrats to the Razorbacks; they've been crowned the SEC tournament champion by Kentucky Daily. Um, just a couple hey, thoughts. We won't, we won't and, take too much more time. And, and you listeners, send us in your picks. Send us in who you yeah. think is going to win the tournament, how it's going to play out. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Um, Last thing we need to talk about uh, before we wrap this episode up, I wrote a story yesterday, Sean, and I think some other people have been tweeting about it. This is not, you know, not a revelation by me by any means, but it's just fun, I guess, to go back to early January, I think January 2nd or 3rd, whenever it was, Kentucky played Mississippi State. So look at that box score. Look at the minutes rotations. Look at who played well for Kentucky, uh, maybe who didn't play so well. And, man, how crazy is it that Isaiah Jackson – well, one, what's what's crazier, that Isaiah Jackson was not in foul trouble but barely played, or that Lance Ware collected 12 rebounds and played 35 minutes against the Bulldogs? It's, yeah, that that's the first night where I started talking about next year, right? Isn't that when I started talking about, you know, you're seeing some role guys come in, like Lance Ware, Jacob Toppin played, Dante Allen got on a hot streak. Uh, knowing what we know now about Isaiah Jackson, I think that's the most surprising thing. I say he barely played. He played 20 minutes, but, I mean, it was a double overtime game. Olivier Saar had a double-double that night, too. Saar had a double-double. Take a guess. You might already know this, but for fans who maybe would have forgotten, the leading minutes played for Kentucky that night, Devin Forty, And he played pretty well, really, compared to a lot of his games. He had 11 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, 3 turnovers, uh, shot 5 of 10, hit 1-3 in 43 minutes. So when you think about – the rotation of that game versus this game, two two obvious things stand out. Um, Terrence Clark, it was the first game he did not play. Of course, we've not seen him back since. And Keon Brooks still isn't back yet. So that's that's one of the big reasons why Ware played so much. Uh, but how about this, man? Jacob Toppin, 11 minutes. And he's probably going to start on Wednesday, or on Thursday. So this will be a different look a little bit, for sure, for Kentucky going into Mississippi State this go-around. Yeah, completely. Um, and it seems to be right on cue that Dante Allen's getting hot in practice. 
as uh, the players and everybody was saying, John Calipari on his radio show last night as well. Is uh, is there pressure on Dante Allen coming out playing against Mississippi State, or do you think it's a confidence thing if he gets some minutes to go in there and knock down some shots? I don't I don't see it being much pressure. Um, you know, obviously Mississippi State's going to defend him much different <laughs> this time around. He really wasn't on the scouting report back then. I mean, I think he was. His reputation would have been as a shooter, but there was – I mean, he'd only played tw- he'd only played 20 minutes the whole season. He had three uh, DNPs and not played at all in three games that year or up to that point of the season. And then goes out there and obviously hits seven threes, plays 32 minutes. And that really got him in the rotation there for the next probably month or so um, before falling back out. But, no, I don't I don't see too much pressure for Dante. I don't think Kentucky is going to rely on him. I mean, they're going to get some outside shots. Um, but at this point, I don't, I don't know, Sean. Do you think he even gets double-digit minutes? It's all going to depend on if he's hitting shots right when he comes in. If he hits a shot early, I think he does get double-digit minutes. But you also have to know this, too. If there's anyone who has put a scouting report out there on Dante Allen, it's Ben Howen. Like, there is no doubt that Dante Allen is at the center of their scouting report because here's why. Going into that Mississippi State game, was there any reason for Dante Allen to be even be on the scouting report going into that game the first time? Not past a uh, very minimal. Yeah. You know, no, he, he, he was. He definitely he wasn't. By no the, means was a focal point. Yeah. No. And then if you just got caught watching the last month of the season, is there any reason for Dante Allen to be on the scouting report? No. No. But Ben Allen has already been burned once. And I guarantee you Dante Allen does not. I, I'm I'm just going to say Dante doesn't go bonkers tomorrow or Thursday no. just because they're not going to let it happen again. If they do, then I have no idea what to say about them. They don't deserve to even have a chance to win <laughs> if they let Dante go nuts again. I mean, it was a big deal for Dante to have that game at Mississippi State. I mean, obviously in the context of the season, they were 1-6. and six, Um but if you look at the box score, man, like UK, let's look at these shot charts. Uh, Olivier Saar, who had 14 points, he had both of us three, so that was huge. But he was six for 16. Askew was five for 10. Boston, four for 13. And Mintz was three for 10. Yeah. So Allen coming in there hitting those seven threes, going eight for 13. I mean, that really – They don't win the game. Today. Yeah, I mean they, – They're not even in the game if he doesn't have the game that he had, in my opinion. Uh, but you also have to remember, too, John Calipari got tossed. I don't see him getting tossed this time. And Bruiser Flint and the coaching staff had B.J. Boston sitting on the bench for all of crunch time. B.J. Boston will not be on the bench in crunch time tomorrow, whether Dante Allen's hitting shots or not. B.J. Boston will be in there in the final five minutes. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and obviously the way B.J.'s improved in the last two months. I mean, Completely that game different. Did, yeah, he was four for 12 from two. <laughs> so he missed eight two-point shots. He missed his only three that he attempted. And didn't really rebound a ton either, two two rebounds. So he's improved a lot. He did have two steals. Um, yeah, this will be – it'll just be different. You know, if you're Mississippi State preparing for Kentucky this go-around, you know, the chances of you getting burned by Dante Allen is, is very minimal because you will at least have a pretty good idea of what he can do now. But at the other hand, you're, you'll be facing a improved, I would say, Davion Mintz and B.J. Boston and then, of course, Keon Brooks. And a better Isaiah Jackson, Jackson too. A better Isaiah Jackson and a better Jacob Toppin. So, yeah, that's just interesting to me when I went back and looked at that, kind of the guys that were counted on that first go-around that most likely will not be counted around nearly as much. I mean, zero chance tomorrow. Or <laughs> We keep saying tomorrow. It's Tuesday. The game's on Thursday. I don't know why we keep doing that. But <laughs> no well, chance at Lance Ware or 
Let, let's put it this way. Askew's not playing. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Askew, too. Askew's not going to be playing. He might play half those minutes. He played 43. He, you know, he might barely get over 20. Mintz. Mintz might play. He might play 40. Yeah. I mean, really, he might end up playing 40 uh, if they if they need him to. I'm sure he'll get a, a little bit of a break here and there. But Ware's not going over 30, and, and Allen's not going over 30. So that will be interesting uh, for that. And I don't know enough about Mississippi State to, to know. What, what I will say for Mississippi State, the two guys who were leading scorers that season throughout the year, they were the two best guys uh, against yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, I, I think Kentucky will win. I do. If they don't, then it just – Kind of just pull the plug on the whole thing and it's and it's over with. Here's uh, what I hear from our Kentucky Daily listeners: Would you rather Kentucky just get knocked out first round against Mississippi State, or would you rather have your heart broken against in the SEC championship finals on a last second? <laughs> I feel like if you get to Sunday and you're still in it, the, the hope of the fan base will rise to such a crazy level that it will just be absolutely crushing to people if they lose. Whereas if they lose on Thursday, wouldn't you say it's more kind of par for the course for the season? It would be. But what if a lot of guys that actually do come back are playing well in this tournament and they make it to Sunday? You know, how do how do you how do you view that? You know, if it's if it's guys that we expect back like Jacob Toppin or a Devin Askew or someone, maybe even Davion Mintz. Like uh there's a lot of scenarios that could play out. I, I do think though if they lose Thursday, I about said tomorrow again. If they lose Thursday, I think you'll have your your fans that'll be upset and mad, of course, but I also think that they'll be relieved because then you can finally turn the page. But then again, as a Kentucky basketball fan, do you ever really turn the page until a national champions crown? Because you're sitting there all March watching other programs in the NCAA tournament, and you're like, ugh, you know, you finally move on once the the championship game's over, right? Yeah, it is It is tough, I would say, for, for fans to – I mean, I've got to say probably in 2013 if you pulled people up. Some people just love college basketball. They love the tournament. They're going to watch no matter what. But I would say there were probably some U.K. fans who didn't even bother How, watching the NCAA tournament. There will be fans this year who don't bother watching it. Um, if I'll also say this. Play. If you're talking about all-time wins, Kentucky does not need to lose early in this tournament, then let Kansas go on and win the Big 12 tournament, then advance in the NCAA tournament, or this thing could look a lot different. If if you really care about having the all-time winningest program in college basketball history, it could change very quickly. Do I care about it? Yeah. I don't don't care about that at all. I just don't know. When you claim to be the gold standard, I think you have to. Yeah. The fact that during Calipari's tenure that he lost the all-time leads, the all-time wins record, I think would be a stain on his on his legacy at Kentucky. I do. I would need to go back and look at the margins when he got here versus what it is now because it's not like he's – I mean, having a year like this where you, where you only win 10 games potentially, maybe a little bit more, maybe, maybe only nine. Uh, obviously, it's going to hurt, but, I mean, Kansas is a very – I don't see any shame in losing it to Kansas because they're a very consistent program that they've up until this year, they basically won their conference every single season. Whereas the way Kentucky operates, I think it was always going to be hard to, to do that, but it's not like, I don't know. I mean, Cal's had his, had his years where they won 30 plus games last year. If they don't get shut down, I got to say that at least make the championship game. So that's 27 wins at least. Let's say they win the first round game 20. I mean, they would have been pushing 30 wins last year. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I don't spend that much time worrying about. I can't even tell you the exact numbers right now. I don't know the exact numbers. I just know it's inside of seven or eight, right? I'm pretty sure. That sounds right. But I mean, it, that's programs that are that good. That's going to be. Did, didn't they lose it at some point? I thought they lost it at some. Or did they not lose? It? I know they're the first two thousand or whatever. In my lifetime, I don't know if they've ever trailed anyone. I've always remembered them having more them in Kansas and Carolina being there. But speaking of, I mean, how crazy is that? Roy coached at Kansas and North Carolina. You coach at two of the top three. That's a pretty cool resume. There's uh, some speculation out there. He might be hanging it up after this season. He also should, we also should add, too, let's say Kansas does pass, but then the NCAA decides to go hack to some of those wins. <laughs> it could uh, significantly yeah. look different at some point. <laughs> so uh, I get – I mean, obviously you put more emphasis in national champions and Final Fours, and clearly Kentucky is the front runner when it comes to, to that. So you, you have that. But I think there would be some – I mean, there were – Derek, we're talking about fans that got pissed off when they didn't hit a three-pointer in a basketball game. So there's going to be those fans that's like, he yeah. lost all-time lead. A game that they won, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the tournament, for that matter. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've seen that being written about more and more and fans talking about it. And I'm not saying it's you know right or wrong to care about it. Just me personally, I don't put a ton of stock into it. I mean, okay, if they get passed up, they're still – still the number two all time. You know what I mean? It's just like you're still one of the best programs ever. Um, but even, even with that, I don't know. Kentucky's been so good for so long throughout decades, and, and Kansas has been as well. It, it's not like there's a shame in losing that mark. I guess, I guess that would be my point. Is oh. like Kentucky is not the only great college basketball program in America. There are others that, that are great Who's as well. to say Kentucky won't pass them back up at some point if it does happen? That's, that's what I'm saying, yeah. It's not like it's going to be a forever thing. If, uh, it doesn't have to be a forever thing, I should say, if they do get passed up. I do have an idea, though, and I want to get your opinion. On live feed here, not pausing it, since the SEC tournament's going on, do you want to move mailbag episode up to tomorrow and do a pre-SEC tournament mailbag edition since Friday we expect to be busy? Yeah, sounds good to me. Um, gets our content. Yeah, that'd be good. So, yeah, people get their questions in. Um, we had 20-something last time. I don't know if we'll have that many again. But, yeah, just with the recaps and things going on this week, I think it would make sense. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that yet. But, yeah, yeah let's, let's do that tomorrow. Yeah, so mailbag episode will be Wednesday's episode of Kentucky Daily. So go ahead and submit your mailbag questions to me and to Derek. Uh, you can send them via DM. You can send them in a reply. I will be sure to tweet. Uh, right now it's 3.15 Eastern time. I'll tweet that out around 4 o'clock. So if you're listening to this podcast after 4, just go to, to my Twitter. You can find it on Derek's too. I'm sure Derek will retweet it. Uh, but I want to give a shout-out to the Butcher's Pub. Uh, two locations, one in Pineville, one in Williamsburg, a third one coming to London, Kentucky. Uh, I've been looking for an official date, and I don't see it. I think that they're still trying to get some things in order uh, before they announce that, but it should be coming very soon. And when it does, there will be a third Butcher's Pub location that you can get out there and try that delicious menu, especially that buffalo chicken sandwich that I'm all the time talking about, those delicious wings, Taco Tuesday. That's the, the special going on today. So make it out to the pub, and if you're around one of those locations this weekend or in the SEC tournament, they're open. Get out and watch Kentucky play in the SEC tournament. Or go out at lunch and watch somebody play in the SEC tournament, even if it's not Kentucky on Friday at noon or 1 o'clock. So 
just want to give a shout out to them. You can visit thebutcherspub.com, or you can check out those three Facebook pages. Uh, Derek, another great episode of Kentucky Daily. I know we're grateful to our listeners uh, for continuing to push this podcast. It's back and it's into the top 100 on Apple Podcasts under the basketball section. Continues to climb. I think we were up 33 spots this morning when I looked. So we appreciate that. We'll continue giving you all this awesome content from around UK athletics with some guest episodes moving forward. But until next time, he's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. You've been listening to Kentucky Daily. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.